Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. I have so much good news to share that I don't even know where to start, but I invited comedian and cancer survivor Missy Hall back today to Beating Cancer Daily because I just have to share it with her. I have to share it with Jackie. I have to share it with you. And Missy, welcome back to Beating Cancer Daily. Boy, do I have good news to share. Do you really? I do. Okay. First of all, thanks for having me, but I'm very excited to hear this news. (laughs) I I just am bursting like from the seams. Okay. So we just found out that in just a few weeks, we went to having listeners in 57 countries to 64 countries around the world. 64 countries. I don't, I can't even name 64. I was just, I was so excited. And then I was embarrassed because I'm like, how many countries are there? Isn't that all of them? (laughs) I looked it up on Zoom. We sound like two really dumb Americans right now, but but we'll blame it on my chemo brain. Okay. But I had to look it up and it said 195 countries. Hopefully that's not fake news, but 64 countries in podcast land. That is crazy. We have no marketing or advertising. So I just want to thank everyone wherever you are in the world, because I am now learning every country. And I just want to thank you, even like the people in Reunion, which is like the tiniest country. We knew about them the last time, but we just added Greece, Chile, the Bahamas. I mean, so many different places. And I'm just, I'm, thank you, Missy. Thank you for being part of our seven days of programming every week. And we've done over 240 plus episodes already in the 365 day commitment, but just thank you for listening wherever you are in the universe. Just really appreciative. Yes. And Again, not only am I beyond grateful to have gotten to be part of this as I was going through this, but again, like you said, with no marketing or anything, this is listeners saying, hey, I know somebody that might want or need to hear this. And that's pretty beautiful that people have found something that they feel is worthy of sharing with someone else who might benefit from it. And that, oh. That right in feels. <laughs> it, it chokes me up. I just two people in the past twelve hours contacted me and just said they were sending it to people they knew who were diagnosed. And I just think that's how it's traveling. So just mm-hmm. thank you wherever you are in the world for sharing this where with your fellow chemo buddies or your family members or your colleagues at work. 
it just really means so much to us that you actually find value in what we talk about. So I just wanted to thank everyone this morning. And the other cool thing was that I just get these alerts from all over the world that people have posted us, whether it's Google or Reddit. And I'm just amazed that people want to post us. And I don't know, I'm going to stop being in awe for a minute just to talk to you, Missy, but this is just one person with a mic and her two friends. And look at the power of this. So if you are somewhere in the world and you are thinking of podcasting and you're just overwhelmed by that concept, I was you. I was you last March. And I just literally found this amazing company, Podcast Network Solutions, and this woman named Kate. And she just helped demystify this. And now we're over 240 episodes in. So please, if you're thinking you have something to say, just do it. That's all I want to say. Just do it. This wasn't on my bucket list, but it was requested of me by so many cancer patients that I've helped through the Comedy Cures Foundation. And I just say, live your dream. If this is your dream, get a podcast mic and start doing it. Yeah. It's amazing because again, I can speak to this as a cancer patient that found this podcast at the very beginning of my whole journey. And I got set up so beautifully in so far as I had already known you, I had already been part of the cancer world in a small way, doing fundraisers and things like that. Well, you did shows for Comedy Cures Patients and they just loved you. And you have a great comic perspective, which we'll delve into in a minute, but just how it all came full circle for us, Missy, is so beautiful. It is. And I, again, I just feel so fortunate, not as just a person that gets to speak here, but as a person who directly benefits as well, getting to gather information from your experience and from Jackie and all of those things. This is like a global support group. Yes. It's just that you and I have developed sense of humor. So we just like to share that. So Anyway, I just want to thank you and and now we can actually get on to what we want to talk about. And one of those things is we just talked before we went on live here and we were talking about how sometimes you could just totally forget that you've ever been through this whole crazy cancer experience. And I know if you're going through it and the logistics of it are driving you crazy and your life has been so dramatically changed. It's hard to think that you could come out this other side of it, particularly as a stage four cancer patient survivor, which I am, and then think, okay, I'm never going to think about it again, or I'm going to forget that I had it. I know that seems so far away from you, but Missy, has that happened to you yet? You're so new. You're just a baby survivor, just a few months. Do you know, there's a couple areas where I have noticed the forgetting. I have some limitation in my arm movement on the side where I had radiation and where I had surgery. And I had been going to physical therapy for it, but it's been a couple of weeks since I've had a doctor's appointment. And today I reached for something and I, Sarah, and I was like, why does my arm hurt? I was like, Oh, yeah. 
this is a thing, right? This is a thing. <laughs> you didn't even have chemo, so you can't blame it on chemo no, brain, girl. No. Now, I will say I am noticing with all the estrogen being sucked out of my body by the medication that I'm on, I will blame it a little bit on that. Okay, okay, okay. That's so you... fair. It's fair. A <laughs> little bit. What is that medicine called? Because I didn't have any of that. Oh, it's anestrozole. Okay, okay. Because I had estrogen positive cancer, we've got to make sure my body has no estrogen. And estrogen helps you do things like remember to take your keys out of the front door when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> it also helps lubricate you when you're going to have intimacy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's the other thing. That, <laughs> yeah, not working. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> well, we have an episode on yes. that. So yes. Jackie Bryan, our functional medicine expert, who usually appears on Fridays, she did an episode with me on how to keep your vagina functioning as you're going through cancer treatment and as a survivor. So she has lots of tips on that episode because it's a real thing and nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. But just back to the yeah. <laughs> estrogen concept, I was ERPR and her too negative, which is triple negative, right? I didn't yeah. have to go on estrogen medicine. Oh, so okay. I didn't really understand all those side effects, but yes, it does mimic a chemo brain. Yeah, it does. But back to forgetting the nice thing was in the same two week period where I've had some PSTD dreams and panic about cancer, I also forgot why my, why my arm hurt. And Somebody asked me a question about medical history. I don't even remember what it was for. It wasn't in a doctor's office. I That's because like, you're on that medicine. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cancer. And the other thing, and you know what? I'm so grateful for this is when I was got the diagnosis and when I was going through treatment and in the weeks following, I kept reminding myself, like, I am never going to take time, even time sitting in traffic for granted again. I'm always going to be mindful and appreciative. And <laughs> this past weekend, my husband and I got stuck outside of Boston in a tunnel for 90 minutes. And I forgot all those things I said to myself <laughs> about taking things in stride because nothing could be worse than cancer and I literally was in the tunnel like, this is the worst thing that has ever happened. And then I, I was just going to interrupt you and say, that'll wear off because yeah. I'm two and a half decades in. And although I try to practice gratitude every minute of every day, my family can tell you I lose my beep. Yes. But it felt so good, actually, to lose it. Because it felt normal. It thank you that you gave the word to it. And I couldn't think of how to say it. you're right. I felt just normal. Nothing felt like it had the magnifying glass yeah. of cancer and being a patient around it. I was just a mad lady stuck in a tunnel. <laughs> <way> to <laughs> I, I was gonna say 
if you are having panic attacks or you're just losing it, this cancer stuff is just too much. You have to go back and listen to last week's episode with Missy because <laughs> we were smack dab in the middle of her post-traumatic stress panic yes. attack. So I think this should be the roller coaster of Missy Hall because I, we yeah. have taken you through every up and down of this cancer treatment, including if this is your first episode, this mad woman comedian went on stage four days after her surgery and performed comedy, which I will repeat this probably from my grave. I'll be in the grave. Go, <laughs> Did you know Missy went on stage four days after her? Because everybody that's had surgery, particularly major breast surgery is going, how'd you hold the microphone? How'd you brush your hair? Yeah. How'd you brush your teeth? <laughs> oh, and I, well, I was a hot mess. I just, and it's so funny because looking back, I'm like, how did I do that? Yeah. Um, Cause now you reach for something and you're like, yeah. ow, ow, ow. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Ow, ow, ow. And I have a physicality on stage that I wasn't aware of till I got stuck and like ripped a couple stitches. And I was like, oh, this is probably not medically sound. Right? You remember that was the first thing I said to you, yes. I think on that episode yep. was Missy, you're so physical. You touch your hair, you animate yes. stuff. How did you do it? So it's just so funny. I don't know why that stuck with me so yeah. profoundly, but I'm a visual person. So yep. visualizing that and having my own flashbacks to what it was like two and a half decades ago to go through all that massive surgery. I just really feel you. I like, I just feel this whole situation, but <laughs> do want to emphasize that however you choose to remember or not remember this part of your life is unique to you. There's no right or wrong way to do it. If you do want to have less attachment to it, there are wonderful strategies like hypnosis and visualization. And we do episodes on all these different techniques even writing comedy about it can help you process it, going to therapy, being in support groups. So wherever you are in this is unique to you and the way you choose to process it is unique to you. And I just hope that some of these 365-day episodes really help you decide like which way you want to try next. And there is this great episode that I reference a lot called drive-by cancer because yeah. I talk about a patient that's really decided never to talk about it again, just go in, get it done and distance herself from this whole experience. So Missy and I are gluttons for punishment. We revisit it all the time. Yes, it's, <laughs> I know. And I just feel like it's got to help others, right? It's got to help <laughs> others. But in thinking about it, the past, I think two, two and a half weeks are the first weeks I've had where I didn't have to go back to the cancer center for something. And what I've been going for with the, the therapy for the lymphedema and, and the lymphedema and stuff hasn't been traumatic, but it's still at the cancer center. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had to drive into that parking lot or go into that building. And I've just been functioning around, you said, like normal. 
And then I'm like, why does my arm hurt? I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, it's also scheduling. I mean, I did a whole episode on this. I think it's called Cancer Busy, where I talk about how you have a normally busy life. We are all so busy. And then you layer this whole cancer journey on top of it. And you have to do all this logistics and scheduling and work and family affairs. And then you still have to go for all these checkups. And then if you're taking medicine and scans and it's so time consuming. So the fact that you got like a two week reprieve, boy, that must feel amazing. It really does. It really does. In, In fact, right before you and I got on, I have a another appointment with my surgeon in April and I got a text message that it needs to be scheduled and I was mad that they bothered me. I made mean, it just to record, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to think about that today. You know what I mean? I'm off. I'm off. Well, what uh, I love is that you were actually taking a course. So we couldn't record earlier because you had yes. signed up for a course and I had just recorded an episode about keeping your brain active, particularly if you've had chemotherapy or you're having post-traumatic stress and things that you can do to help your brain stay really healthy. And then Jackie and I have done episodes on brain health too. So when you said you were in a course, I was like, Missy, I'm so excited because that's another sign that you're starting to focus on things other than cancer if you're signing up for a weekly course. And what's wonderful is I was very excited. I got to attend a mindfulness-based stress reduction course, and that's weekly. But that is still very inner-focused. It's still a lot of me thinking about me. This course that I just started for this week is on things like illicit finance and money laundering and stuff that I get. To Are you planning on a new career? Yes. I'm, yes <laughs> I have decided to stay publicly in 64 countries. I'm going to have a life of crime. <laughs> no, no. Watch, that's the quote that they pick for. I was about to social say media. <laughs> I just realized I have ended all of my career possibilities with that. <laughs> but, um, no, but it is one of those things. It's being taught by a friend of mine. And is that your accomplice? Yes. <laughs> friend in air quotes. <laughs> no, but uh, it has nothing to do with me or anything about anything in my life. Oh, I right. love the escapism courses. Yes. And yeah. I realized that part of my brain hasn't been touched in a year. That's amazing. I actually did the same thing, but during the pandemic, I decided to take a weirdo course that's offered just like through clickbait online. Right. Every single day, I was going to take one course on something that I would never, ever know or think about every single day. And so that's how I kind of kept my mind going during the pandemic, besides doing the research studies and running the charity and doing all the digital programs. But like you said, that's so close to me. And I wanted to do something that was completely outside of me. And so I used the technique that you're using. And I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but it is a really interesting technique for you if you're just listening 
to try. And you don't have to do a multi-week course like Missy's saying. It could be like a 15-minute online class. Then what happens is they kind of send you every day and every week uh, come on like to take their full course. And then you just have to disengage from that or else you just get flooded in your email or set up a separate email just for signing up for these classes so they don't get in the way of your real day-to-day email because they can can be overwhelming trying to track you down to pay money for the full multi-week course. Yes. Do you know, I actually do a little bit about that in terms of you you sign up for one thing and then they keep emailing you like, we miss you. We want you back. And I'm like, oh, no, no. No, I didn't mean to give you the wrong idea. This was... <laughs> Just a one thing, like, just stop embarrassing yourself. (laughs) That's so fun, equating it to, like, a one-night stand. Oh, that's (laughs) so clever. Oh, no, no. No, this, I didn't mean anything by this. (laughs) (laughs) Is that still in your routine right now? I, You know what? I'd forgotten about it. I'm going to put it back in because I did it during the pandemic when, again, signing up for different emails shopping more online. Like I see you left something in your cart. <laughs> you <know? laughs> oh, you got to put that back in. That's- yes. I go in back in. I'm but glad. just to explain. So when a comedian builds their set and for newer comedians, it might just be 10 minutes set or a five minute set if you're going to open mics. And then as you get more mature in your comedy and you get more recognized, you can be a middler and that's a medium length set. And then when you're a headliner like Missy, you have a full set and you write material. And then sometimes you write a new set of material because your fans have seen that. And then sometimes you go back and you pull in some of the goodies and you put them back in the routine and then you try out new material. So that's what we're talking about. She had forgotten about it and she was going to put it back in. Yep. That's exactly how that works. So I love crowd work. I love it. You love it. And I'm not sure if they understand what crowd work is, but I actually used it a lot in the chemo room and going for doctor's appointments. Have you been doing that? Yes. And one of the things, you know, that I'd like to say is you don't have to be a comic to use crowd work in daily life. Like you might not call it crowd work, but I think there's a lot of people that in a situation that is either uncomfortable or a lot of strangers are in a room just kind of not knowing where to look or focus, you can actually have opportunities to engage people in ways that can be absolutely hilarious and therefore stress reducing for everybody. Well, if you've ever been in a comedy club, a comedian has often memorized this routine. And once in a while, you'll see, particularly the MC will just talk to you in the audience. How many married people do I have? Or sir, is that your daughter? Just different questions that they'll ask you. And there are certain comics who are masterful at it. And there are certain comics that will never do it because they hate it. They don't like being that vulnerable on stage. They like to stick to material that they've rehearsed and it has a cadence and they know where their laughs are going to be. 
but with your either trained in theater or are more improv focused, it comes more easily. And so Missy is really social and really friendly. And so it's often that you will just start talking to your audience. Yes. And one of the things that I think works out well for me is because my nature is friendly, the audience usually isn't afraid to talk back to me because they know I'm not going to start digging into people. Like, I'm- oh, that's so true. It, you can feel very unsafe in an audience. There are attack comics yeah. that get their jokes off of embarrassing people in the audience. And that's just not your nature off stage or on stage. And it's not mine either. I right. love to create a safe room. Exactly. And so that part, it doesn't make me nervous because I know I'm not setting anybody up for something. And all I'm, all, my only goal is to make it an exciting experience for a live audience. Yeah. Right. And social and bonding. Social and yes. Yeah. And so, then also, if anybody's going to be the brunt of the joke, it's going to be us. We're never yes. going to make them the brunt of the joke. No, no. And if I say, if it turns out something goes wrong, I'll be like, oh, well, it turns out I'm a real jerk. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it'll always come back to me. So it's really fun. And I just think it kind of enhances any energy that's in a room. Well, they know it's live, that it's not planned and they're getting to see your brain work actively. And then there are people who love to be stars of the show. So when you find those people that really want to be part of it and they'll give you something to work with, it's easy and it's electric. The Comedy Cares audience is is really different than a nighttime club audience because everyone in our audience is either living with illness, depression, trauma, disability. They're a widow, a bombing victim. They have something chronic or acute going on, or it's their caregiver, their medical caregiver. So it's a very specific, unique audience. And what I find is that when I break that fourth wall, like I go right into the audience in the beginning of the show, they realize they're in a safe space. But then, because it is so safe, when I do the crowd work and I physically go down into the audience, most comedians stay on stage, but I go down into the audience with a microphone there are as much laughter as there are tears. Something gets released. If you remember in the crowd, they do feel so safe. They do feel so heard that we often have laughter and tears. And I honor the tears and we do a lot of hugging and the audience bonds so much quicker because there is this vulnerability, but it's different. There's no alcohol. They're coming for an event. They're introduced to me in the beginning. They know that I'm a stage four cancer survivor miracle. And so I, I have that setup that opens up the audience very quickly. When you are on stage as a performer and a show, there's a little bit more of a boundary that you have to break through and uh, and you are so good at it. Honestly, I think it's because 
I have no ego or dignity (laughs) 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 because I'm not very self-conscious. I'm self-aware, but if I do something that kind of makes me look ridiculous, I'm completely okay with that. That was such a great observation. You are so self-aware. And I think some of that comes from observation because you are always looking for comedy material. So you're always putting your focus outward, looking for the funny to see if it's something that you could bring to stage. But also I think being faith-based, you're very self-aware because you are looking at your behavior through your creator's lens. It's That's an amazing point. It is true. There's a if the character compass, if you will, and always thinking, having the sense of other of what's going on around me and what I bring to a situation, what I wouldn't want to bring to a situation. Um, that has very little to do with me as a person. It's just an awareness of how I want to move through this existence with other people. So in the chemo room, how would you, quote unquote, use the crowd work skill to open up a dialogue or put people at ease or make that time more fun? What I did when it, when in a room where everybody was somber, a typical example was I was sitting in a room waiting for radiation and there were like five women in there. And I came out of the dressing room and I realized I didn't have to take my pants off. I was supposed to leave my pants on and I put on my gown and I'd taken off my pants and everything. Did you have underwear on? I did have underwear. Okay, Because you know how it has that little opening in the back. Yes. I'm like, okay. But so then I realized what I had done and put my pants back on, but I sat down and everybody was just kind of silent and looking at the floor. And I was able to say like, okay, I didn't remember that this was a pants on situation and almost just really embarrassed myself. And that let everybody, people that were into themselves that didn't want to comment, certainly didn't have to, but a couple people giggled and started laughing. And I'm sure exhaled, which is what happens when someone breaks that kind of bizarre silence in that waiting room. Yes. I've done things like, bring bubbles, like children's bubbles, and just start blowing them in the room. (laughs) They just start wafting. So wherever anyone's looking, and then somebody usually will be like, oh my gosh, my grandchild loves bubbles. And then I'll say, do you want to try them? So I always enter a hospital with the little bottle of bubbles usually, because you never know when you're going to need to be bubbly. And (laughs) for the- (laughs) For the older listeners, the Lawrence Welk reference where he used to have his orchestra. So a lot of the older people will be like, oh, it's like being at the Lawrence Welk show. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's really fun. And then sometimes I'll just make an announcement that I'll say, does anybody feel like laughing? I can call my 24-hour free laugh line and put it on speaker and we can listen to one of our Comedy Cures comedians doing a comedy routine. And then somebody will usually say yes and then I'll put it on speaker and 
then there'll be this minute of comedy that comes up. So if you ever want to try that or you're bored in the waiting room, you can call our free 24-hour laugh line, which is 1-888-HA-HA-HA-HA. That's four ha's. And then it's 888-424-2424. You can find it on the Comedy Cares website if this was too fast for you or you're driving and you can't write it down. But if you press one, there's a professional comedian every day like Missy. If you press two, it's an amateur. It's just like you or anyone telling a joke. And if you press three, you can actually record your joke to us at Comedy Cures. And then we make a little audiogram out of it or we put it back on the lap line and it just spreads, it spreads joy. It does. I think it's beautiful. And I love that exists. Yeah, I really love that it exists. And also you can just reach over and tell someone about Beating Cancer Daily. And if they're into humor, they can listen to an episode with Missy or they can find a tumor humor episode, which is generally those episodes are based on the 31 day tumor humor challenge that I did. If you're bored again in the waiting room, you can go to comedycures.org, click on tumor humor, and there are 31 days of comedy about going through the chemo experience and the cancer experience from all different sides, caregiver, spouse, patient, family member. And you can just share one of those with someone say, did you hear about the tumor humor challenge? And maybe even write a joke while you're sitting there with somebody that you strike up a conversation with, or just go to your phone to YouTube and put in your favorite comedian and start listening to a comedy routine in the waiting room and then share it with someone that you're sitting next to or ask if anybody wants to watch a little comedy. And you can say there's the stage four cancer survivor and this comedian, Missy Hall, and they talk about the comic perspective every week and they're both cancer survivors. And then just put on one of Missy's routines and yeah. start laughing. I think... And it just struck me when you were talking about it. When I was in the thick of it, I needed my world to have like the cancer centric focus. Like I didn't want to listen to a podcast about gardening. I wanted this. And I don't know if, if other listeners would feel that way. And I'm curious because it was my world at the time and having the sense of connection and getting to listen to things that were specific to something that I was experiencing was very, very helpful to me. Well, that's the feedback that we're getting, that people just check in here daily because they feel that we understand, whether it's a solo episode with me or it's a patient story that I featured or it's you or Jackie. They just feel like, oh, I'm going to just get a burst of joy and understanding every day. And this isn't going to feel so isolating or alone or that my family doesn't understand. We do get that feedback. That's what people love. I'm so happy that you came today, Missy. Me I just too. love my little dose of Missy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, so thank you. if you want more of Missy, 
Missy and her husband, who's also a comedian, do a Tuesday night live on Facebook. You can go to Missy Hall on any social media and find her. If for some reason you have trouble, you can go to comedycures.org and hit the contact menu or go to the podcast section and record a message so you can write or you can record and just tell us you need to get a hold of Missy. We can send you her signature. And we love when you give us your feedback and your thoughts. It's really what makes this podcast so unique and so special. We just had somebody recommend an episode that they wanted to hear. And so Jackie and I are going to do that episode in two weeks. So Missy, thank you again for coming on weekly and doing this with us at Beating Cancer Daily. I wouldn't miss it. It is such an honor, such a joy. I love it and I love you. And I can't wait to see you in Philadelphia. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to meet up in Philly with Kate, our podcast producer. I am honored to serve you. Have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you loved today's episode, then tell the world. Why? Because Beating Cancer Daily and our membership circle are both a listener and donor-supported experience. So the more people you tell and the more people that join us, the more robust and interesting programs our nonprofit, the Comedy Cures Foundation, can bring to you throughout the year. I really want you to go to ComedyCures.org. And of course, I always want you to make a donation. It's tax deductible to the extent allowed by law. But what's super exciting is not only can you laugh and explore the comedy there, you can look at our membership levels and find the one that's great for you. And if you're feeling a little bit generous, gift one to a chemo brother or sister or to a caregiver that you just want to help them improve the quality of their day. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is. It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.